The Adventures of Randon Rockseeker, Episode 11. All of us were most relieved to put Agatha behind us. We were unusually quiet as we left the wood and returned to the ruins of Coneyberry. As it were still early in the day, we decided to make for Wyvern Tor and a date with some orc raiders. We went into the hills to the south, and we soon came upon an odd sight. As we came up over one of the many ridges, we came to see the crumbling ruins of an old watchtower. The place was so old that the walls were just mounds of rubble next to the broken stump of an old tower. Nothing unusual in that, but the brightly colored tent in the midst of the ruins were rather strange. There did no appear to be anyone about. Lewis gathered us together and said, Let's be cautious here. I don't like the look of all this. It's too easy. I suggest we try our best to skirt this courtyard and let sleeping dogs lay. Especially given that this does not look like an orc camp. As we gathered ourselves for a bit of a creep around, I caught the whiff of a very bad smell. From the direction of the tower came the unmistakable odor of death and rotting flesh. Just as I were to tell the others, a dozen zombies came rushing out of the ruined tower. Damn, I yelled. Watch yourselves, we got trouble. Each of us leapt into action. Garland was the first to enter the melee. He ripped Talon free and laid into one of the horrid creatures. He actually lopped off an arm, but the zombie never noticed. I pulled out me holy symbol and spoke me prayer to doin, and out of me came a holy light, and five of the dozen immediately turned away from the light and fled as fast as their ruined legs could carry them. Just then, stout, red-robed figure with sallow skin, a shaved head, and an odd black tattoo on his forehead came out of the tent. "'What is the meaning of this?' he yelled. And Lois cried back, "'Be careful, my friend. These beasts are extremely dangerous. Best let us take care of them.' "'Idiot,' the man, the man said." Then he spoke words in a language I had never heard before. The moment he did, the zombie simply stopped and then slowly staggered back to the broken tower. Impressive, said Lois. Then Barion stepped forward and said, Greetings, Red Wizard of Thay. Please pardon our intrusion. We do not often see many necromancers in these hills. Tell me, what brings a member of the Thay into these lands? You are well informed, my fellow mage. I am Hamut Cost, and my business is my own. Lewis continued. Greetings, Hamut Cost. I am Lewis, Lord of Fandolin. These lands are under my protection. I should like to know what you are doing here. Rest easy, my lord, the wizard said. 
I am no threat to you or your people or your lands. However, the band of orcs in Wyvern Tor are. I will happily tell you my purpose if you will deal with them. They have scouted my encampment and... I'd rather not have them poking into my business. Well, sir, Lois said, it seems our purposes align. We are making our way to the tour now. Good, the Red Wizard said. I am here doing some research with the hope of learning the story of who built this place and what their purpose was. Very well, Cost, said Lois. We shall send word to you when we have finished our work in the tour. No need, Cost said. I'll know if you succeed or not. With that, the Thane went back into his tent. Virgil said, What are we going to do? What are we going to run into next? A dragon? Be careful what you wish for, said Garland. The hills around the Tor were hard work, and tracking down this band of orcs took some time. By mid-afternoon, though, we caught a faint smell of smoke, and we carefully came over a ridge and found a cave mouth about fifty yards in front of us. Loafing by a boulder twenty yards from the cave, keeping watch, was a single orc. Lewis whispered, we don't want that lookout to raise the alarm, so let's get this one quick and quiet, and then we may get the drop on the others. Well, your lordship, I said, you're definitely getting the hang of this strategy thing. Only thing is, that orc is about ninety feet away. How do you suppose we sneak up on it? That's when we all, as one, turned to look at Virgil. The halfling's eyes widened, and she said, No, no way. Yes, lass, I said. You go stick, stick that with this short sword of yours. Virgil thought about it for a while. Then she said, I know. Louis, you and I are going to do a little routine I like to call get help the rogue explained the ploy to us are you completely insane Barian said do you want to know the odds of that actually working Virgil winked at the elf and said never tell me the odds then to Lois she said let's go big fella Lewis and Virgil then disappeared around a bend to get ready. Barian and I prepared a couple of long-range spells. Blessedly, I had asked Duan for just such a spell in me prayers last night. The two companions appeared in, in the footpath the orcs had worn in the grass. Lewis was holding Virgil in his arms, and it ran up to the orc as fast as he could. Just as the orc caught sight of them, Lois started to say, Get help! My friend is gravely injured! Get help! Wait, no! Come here! Instead, come here! Come help me! The orc 
had never been so confused in his life. Never before had a human asked him for help. He had absolutely no idea what to do. Well, said Lewis, don't just stand there. Get over here. All the while, he was moving closer to the hapless orc. The orc couldn't help himself. He started to walk towards the two. When he was within five feet of them, they sprung the trap. Lewis heaved Virgil at the orc. She came flying through the air with her short sword, leading the way. The orc knew he was dead before the halfling hit him, and he just closed his eyes to accept his fate. Virgil, for her part, found the orc's heart with her short sword, and it died without a sound. The rest of us stood there amazed at what we just witnessed. After that moment, we knew we had to capitalize on the opportunity. Garland, Berrien, and I quickly joined the other two. Berrien looked at Virgil and said, I simply cannot believe that actually worked. Get help, indeed. Virgil beamed with pride, but said nothing. I clapped the hapling on the back and gave her an approving nod. Into the cave we went. It weren't a very deep cave, so it didn't take long to find its inhabitants. We arrived at a bend and stopped when we heard voices. Gog want food. Brugor promised to greet keep Gog fed. Well, if Gug came with you, but Brugor lied, Gug hungry. Shut up, you filthy ogre, came another voice. We're all hungry. Mash and Druze are late. They had better bring those supplies. Surely one measly gnome can't give them any trouble. We all knew exactly what gnome the voice was talking about. Zeph, the traitor. Then Berrien just walked out into the open. You may not want to underestimate the power of your foe, the elf said. You horrid creatures will cause no more fear in these hills. My friends and I shall see to that. Well... So much for making a plan, then. We all piled in behind Berrien and launched our attack. What we found were an ogre, a very large orc, and six other orcs. To say they were surprised by our arrival would have been a huge understatement. Lewis and Garland made for the ogre. Lewis took a swipe at the creature and left a large gash on its arm. The wound was deep and the ogre were less than pleased. Then Garland came in from the other side and scored a hit on the creature's torso. Berrien let loose a barrage of magic missiles. Three glowing darts blew into one of the orcs and it dropped like a sack of wet sand. I figured it were time the elf knew that he weren't the only one with such magic. I lifted me holy symbol, and out of it came three glowing darts, very similar to Berrien's. All three impacted the largest orc directly in the chest, and he were looking very worse for the wear. 
Barian gave an approving nod. I returned the gesture with a wink. Virgil appeared behind the big orc, and her short sword left a nasty wound on the creature's leg. Then, back into the shadows, she went. Lewis and Garland kept the ogre busy, while the rest of us dealt with the orcs. Both Lewis and Garland were unable to score a hit, as the creature's hide was very thick. The ogre, in turn, swung his club, but his arm were injured. The weapon went wide of its target. The big orc shook off his original surprise and came roaring at Garland. You will not defeat the mighty Brugor Axe-Biter, it yelled, and took a swing with its scimitar. The blade made contact with Garland's arm, but it did not look like it did much damage. Seeing Garland attack drew Varian's ire. The elf muttered a word or two, and from his hand came the familiar blue streak of frost. The ray hit the big orc right in the back and caused part of its torso to ice up. The rest of the orcs made their way towards Barian and me. I put myself right into the midst of the five and called forth a wave of thunder. Three of the five went flying about ten feet through the air and then remained lifeless on the floor. The other two looked a little hurt, but still fighting. They both took a swipe at me. The first one swung at me head, but he were obviously not experienced at fighting dwarfs, because he went right over me head. The other one was luckier. Its ugly short sword found a gap in me chain mail, and I felt the unmistakable pain of being stabbed. Virgil finished that one off with her favorite move of showing her target her short sword protruding from its chest. And she neatly moved away out of reach as, uh, as the orc fell. Lewis and Garland certainly had their hands full with the ogre. Lewis managed another hit on the monster's arm, leaving it all but useless. Garland brought Talon in and opened a gash in the ogre's belly. Lewis cried out, Don't you dare spill those guts on my boots. I just polished them. The ogre were pretty woozy on its feet. No gug, no lose to puny humans. The ogre then switched hands with the club and brought it backhanded directly into Garland's chest. I could hear the bones crunch under the force of the blow and Garland went down in a heap. The big orc saw this as a splendid opportunity to finish one of his attackers. But the frost that was around his torso kept him from a full swing, and he could not breach Garland's chainmail. Barian threw another trio of magic missiles at the big orc. All three hit Brugor fully in the chest, and down he went, dead. The remaining orc tried to flee, and I said, Oh, nay, you don't. And I brought me hammer around and took the orc and the teeth. Out of his mouth flew six teeth like candy from a Gleeman's Midsummer Clay Pot game. The orc went cross-eyed and died. That just left the ogre. It seemed the more it were injured, the harder it fought. But in the end, it were Virgil 
who brought the beast down. Rogue came out of nowhere and eviscerated the monster with her sword. Lewis squealed again as the beastie's innards came pouring out, and the ogre fell forward with a wet splat. I did no have time to celebrate. I immediately went to Garland to see how bad his injuries were. I laid me hands on the folk arrow and said a prayer to Duin. Out of me hands came the healing energy of me deity. Garland were hurt badly, but nothing I could know put rights. After Garland were back on his feet, we searched the cave. We found some of the orcs' spoils from their raids, a bit of coin and three vials of perfume. I doled out the coin and then put the vials in me pack to be sold later. As we had to pass by the Red Wizard's tent, we let him know that those orcs won't be bothering him anymore. The necromancer thanked us and returned to his work. We made our way back to Thandalin and spent two pleasant, uneventful nights on the Tribor Trail. When we made it to town, we reported to Har Harbin Wester that the orcs had been dealt with. Very good, my lord, the former townmaster said. All has been quiet here since you left. A gnome trader came to do business, but nothing more. Excellent, Harbin, said Lewis. Well done. The fat man beamed with pride. We then went to see Sister Grayel to report about our encounter with Agatha. The good sister wrote down every word and thanked us. I do not have much in the way of reward to pay you for this kind act, except these. The sister held forth three potions. I immediately knew them to be healing tonics. These will do nicely, sister, I said as I collected them. Finally, we went to see Darren Edermath in his orchard to tell him of what we discovered at Old Owl Well. Edermath was very grateful for the information. You have made a friend of the Order of the Gauntlet this day. Should you ever need, your, need their help, all you need do is ask. Well, we thanked the retired hero and Made our way to our, our made our way to Alderley Farm for halfling hospitality and a warm bed.